Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good to have you along on this Everyone Wednesday uh, here on the second Wednesday of the month of May. And you know what Everyone Wednesday uh, means. It's just kind of a clever way that we have of reminding ourselves that, yes, we're in the middle of the week, but also this is your opportunity to win stuff. And I know that we, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know people like listening to the program and I'm grateful that you do. Uh, we're in our 12th year and it's just, it's phenomenal to be able to uh, have this kind of conversation. But this morning as we were recording the National Crawford Roundtable podcast and all four of us were together and uh, having, you know, just a, an interesting time talking about our artificial intelligence and Donald Trump and some, some things that we're going to unpack a little later in this program here locally. Uh, I couldn't help but uh, think, you know, one of the things I like about the Bottom Line Show is that we have fun. We get a chance to talk about Mother's Day. We get a chance to give you a chance to win things, um, which I know for a lot of people is uh, it's kind of a big deal. Um, It's not fun, you know, when... (laughs) When the world is just kind of hectic and crazy and it feels like it's kind of running you over to not feel like you get a chance to have a little levity. And today here on Everyone Wednesday, uh, Joel Malm is going to join me in about 10 minutes to talk about how uh, it's he's written a book that will help each of us understand why it is that we think life is supposed to work a certain way. It's supposed to go from point A to point B. As Christians, you know, God will straighten out, you know, we, we hear the handles Messiah, the words of Isaiah, you know, he makes the crooked straight and the rough places plain. And so we go, okay, well, good. Then, then things should be working a little bit easier. You know, God can work all things together for good. Even if things don't uh, start out on the right foot, they can certainly end on the right foot. And yet there are times when life doesn't make sense. And Joel has written a book, Uh, called Connecting the Dots that helps us to rethink the idea of walking the straight and narrow, as we would call it, or the narrow path, as Steve Gregg refers to his outstanding Bible teaching program. The path is narrow to follow uh, the Lord, but is it necessarily a straight line or is it a big old curve? Well, we're going to get into that with Joel today uh, in about 10 minutes or so. And since today is Everyone Wednesday, he has been gracious enough to donate four books for giveaway. So uh, his book called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense is linked up at thebottomlineshow.com and we have four copies of the book to give away. Plus, everyone who calls is going to win something, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, There was a political photo op that happened last week that I want to draw some attention to, especially as we think about the verdict, as it were. Well, it's not really a verdict per se uh, in the Donald Trump case in New York and the case where he was accused of sexual assault. He was accused of uh, defaming uh, a woman who accused him of sexual assault. And the media has done what the media does. Um, saw a great piece on social media about social media the other day. It was a guy on a podcast who was describing social media. And he says, you know, a lot of Christians use social media as a way to try to preach the gospel. And because we now have this huge reach, um, you know, for example, I mean, here on Bottom Line Show, you listen to the Bottom Line Show on terrestrial radio, as Bob Duco likes to say, your regular radio station. Um, and, and the majority of our listeners do. But 10% of the people who listen to the Bottom Line Show on average listen to the Bottom Line either on an app or on a streaming service of some sort. And that's just kind of where we are, you know, with technology. And, and matter of fact, we have a regular Jennifer, a loyal listener in Franklin, Kentucky, 
former Southern California who listens on the Cambrite app. So thank you for uh, tuning in, Jennifer, and I appreciate you doing that. Um, but it's interesting when you talk about the social media, this pastor was saying, look, here's the deal. Social media, people often use as a way to try to solve problems, right wrongs, let me tell you the truth about it, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I've often wondered, I, I don't engage a lot in social media. We post things on Getter. Uh, we use Twitter again now that Elon Musk has taken over. And heck, Tucker Carlson's going to be on Twitter every day. So, uh, you know, how, how wrong can that be, right? But it, it for the most part, it, it seems like a zero-sum game to me where you either have to be right or wrong, um, I have to agree with you or I don't. And there really isn't any room for growth and nuance and instruction. If you grew up in, when we did, I'm in my 60s, the number of people who are younger than us, who are, if you're 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you remember a time when there was there were issues that were non-negotiable and there were certainly issues that were. And the issues that were were actually discussed. Actually, you know, people sharpened iron. They went back and forth over, do you agree with this or not with that? And nowadays, the nature of social media is to polarize. The nature of social media is to say, I'm right and you're wrong. And if I'm right, I'm going to dunk on you. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to try to humiliate you instead of trying to engage people in actual conversation. And this is where we in the body of Christ who are of um, more conservative mindset always get the short end of the stick always get the short end of the stick social media is slanted toward progressive ideology in that they don't have to defend with actual facts the wild assertions that they make you know gender is fluid here's a picture of a guy who had surgery and now he looks like a woman see i win and then you'll say, well, no, wait, gender is not a social construct. It's something that's a gift of God. Oh, yeah, well, here's all these examples of blah, 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 blah. And then half the people agree with you and half the people hate you. Do we ever come to a consensus, though? And, and trust me, 12 years in this position, I get lots of email. I get lots of text messages from very, very well-meaning people. Did you see this? Did you see that? Et cetera. Yeah, I get it. I understand it. But... You have to ask the question, where is the best place to address this issue? What's the best format? What's the best platform? And I'm here to tell you that trying to win an argument on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever is not the way to do it. Because there are lots of unreasonable people who utilize those platforms. Now, it doesn't mean you don't keep preaching the gospel. It doesn't mean you don't keep sharing the good news of Christ and look at the story about this guy who became a Christian and blah, blah, blah. Of course, by all means, keep doing that. But understand that your detractors aren't necessarily going to look at that and say, oh, gosh, you're right. I just had a revelation from God based on what you posted there. Especially if it comes with that hidden, well, one of those lefties going to figure this out, you know, <laughs> that type of snark. That's not, I mean... First Peter 3.15, don't forget, always be prepared to give an answer for those who ask you about your faith. And then the big key words for the modern culture, with gentleness and respect. And the reason I'm kind of, you know, nodding my head here and pointing my fingers is because I say that to myself and to others to say, look, there are people who really don't get it. And if they're on fire and you come up with a fire hose, 
They're going to say, ow, that's too much pressure. Why are you pointing that thing at me? Not, I'm on fire. You really have to kind of throw the blanket around them, wrap them up in it, cuddle them, see if you can douse the flames that way, and then say, hey, let's get you some treatment for those burns that you've been sustaining for such a long time because you've been on fire for such a long time. Now you're numb to the feeling. You know, they don't know they don't know that they don't know. We were once like that. We were lost. We were blind, but now we see. Lost, but but now we're found. And so it's interesting as well. Tomorrow on the uh, National Crawford Roundtable podcast, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and the number of people who are uh, falling for it. And is it getting too far out of control? And you're going to hear a very spirited debate, especially in the second half hour of the podcast, uh, between John Rush and Neil Boron arguing for and against whether or not these things are necessarily bad. Uh, if you have not subscribed, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and sign up for the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. A lot of people tune in and listen to it online through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever. But the best way to make sure you never miss an episode is just to subscribe to it, and then you can download it every time. It'll say, hey, guess what? Here's another episode. It'll download it right to your device, and you can listen. I mean, obviously, listen tomorrow, 4 o'clock Pacific time. You'll hear the first half hour of it here on our uh, Bottom Line Show affiliates uh, tomorrow on KCBC. It's 10.30 a.m. Pacific time if you want to jump in early on 770kcbc.com. But I encourage you to check it out. Uh, We are going to get into this situation with the city of Anaheim and a million dollars in federal funds that are now being released to address the mental health crisis. And many young people are dealing with the mental health crisis simply because there are so many people who have problems with, you know, the the AI and the society that we're dealing with on the whole. On the other side of this break, though, we're going to get into this conversation with Joelle Malm. Uh, Joel, Joel is the author of a brand new book that is going to help people who are dealing with the fact that it seems like their Christian life does not necessarily line up with what they've been told. It's no longer uh, the narrow path that's nice and straight and easy to see. And it's tough to walk, but it's clearly marked out. Um, but you have to understand the way God works in every season of your life. And you begin to realize just as the seasons come and go and there's this cycle and this circular na- notion to that and, and, and idea behind it, that when your life doesn't seem to make sense, God still is at work. Joel's written a great new book called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll get into part one of that conversation on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. 
Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we are going to get into a topic of conversation that I think is important for a lot of us in the body of Christ, but especially those of us, once you get to that point where you're you're nearing that point where you think, okay, have I really kind of laid all my cards out on the table? Have I done everything that I possibly can, or is it possible that maybe God is preparing me for the greatest work that is yet to come. Joel Malm is with me today here on The Bottom Line. He's the founder of Summit Leaders, where he uses outdoor adventure and leadership coaching to help people find their calling and pursue a vision for their lives. Uh, he's also the author of a brand new book called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Joel Malm, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thanks. Good to be with you. Thank you for having your life figured out by the time you reach this age, so you can then help us <laughs> to figure our lives yeah, out too. Yeah. I don't think that's that's not right. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a book out, and you do have a ministry, so I mean, that means that, that's two right there that prove that you have solved all of life's problems. We're having a little tongue in cheek conversation about that, but sometimes I think we do look at life that way and say, "I'm a Christian." and God is God, and I kind of know myself pretty well, and so why isn't my life a straight line? Talk, talk about how connecting the dots doesn't necessarily mean you're going, I mean, the shortest distance between two points, we're told, is from point A to point B, but you've got a big circle on the cover of your book. Why is that? Yeah, well, if you haven't, if you've been walking with the Lord a little while, you know he just isn't as efficient as we think he should be. <laughs> He he sends yeah. he sends the I don't know he's got his own ways his ways are higher than our ways but what 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 the what I've kind of started to realize a while back is that I kind of find these certain themes repeating in my life and as I talk mm. to people as a counselor and pastor people say yeah that that's the same with me it's certain themes certain time frames where you go we're doing this again like we're circling back around mm -hmm. and as I was researching this idea. I discovered that in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. We all know the psalm. That right. word path in Hebrew, magol, it actually means paths made of circles. And hmm. you go, wow, that's, what does that mean? And it, there's all sorts of conjecture about what it means, but I, I'm convinced what it means is that God's work in our life tends to look more like an ever-widening, maybe a spiral than a straight line where hmm. we keep coming back to certain themes, and there's certain time frames and you know certain places and we're going we're doing this again but each time god looks a little different we look a little different each mm -hmm. time it stretches us a little bit more and we find ourselves going huh god must be doing something here as as this circle kind of expands out and as this what the circle looks like i'm convinced i think there's about nine stages in every circle which is what i write about in the book mm -hmm. these stages and you can pretty much predict that some, you're somewhere in one of those stages right now in every season of life, and I call every season a circle of life. And that's that's the basic concept of the book, is that God's leading you. Usually it's not a straight line. It looks more like an ever-widening spiral. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just listening to you describe this, Joel Baum, and, and realizing that if, as a pastor, sometimes one of the most frustrating things for me in the congregation is to hear someone who's teaching isn't even circular. It's just kind of like that spray can where the, you know, the, the head is kind of broken and the, everything just sprays everywhere. And you go, well, I hope it lands on the wall. But what you're talking about here is is a little disconcerting in the sense that not that it makes me uncomfortable or angry, but rather... I've always thought, well, there's a point A, there's a point B. Give me the three points. Give me the outline. Give me the bing, bang, boom. We can do expository teaching and you know get to the root of the issue. And what you're saying is, well, not so quickly there. I mean, there is that moment of a turning point where you say, okay, wait, where are we now? What are we doing? 
but everything being circular, I'm never going to use the term circle back around in an email ever again, or at least not the same way I always have in that. Uh, talk, talk about how you're helping people. I mean, in terms of someone comes to you for counseling and says, I'm stuck and it seems like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. I just feel like I'm repeating, banging my head against the wall, but you're saying, well, take a look at the circle. Yeah, well, so there's a verse, I love it. It says, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And he, basically, Paul, Paul was saying, if God puts something in you, he's determined to get it out of you, to like to pull mm. that potential out of you. Mm-hmm. And there's also this verse that's really fascinating where Paul says, uh, he says, it's, to the, it's the book of 2 Corinthians 5.13. He says, if we're out of our mind, as some say, it's for God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us. And I know this, this isn't a show about word studies, but here we're going to go with another word study. That okay. word compels is fascinating, because if you look in some translations, it actually says constrains us. And you go, hmm. well, that's contradictory. Right. But the idea of that word, suneko, it's a Greek word, it literally means to wrap your hands around and squeeze. So it's like a tube of toothpaste. And that's, so Paul is saying God's love comes and wraps around you, but he also squeezes you to become all you can be. And that's why what Mm. I've heard from people over and over again is I've heard from guys at the top of their game, CEOs I've coached, uh, that they're saying, man, I've got it all. I love my wife, love the family, got a great job, but I know there's more in me than this. And then I've Mm -hmm. talked to guys at my church that have hit rock bottom. Every time they shoot up or snort up, they go, I know I'm better than this, but it's just, it's so hard. It, that's that love of Christ within us. It's, it's compelling us. When his love is in you, it pushes you forward. And we'd like to think that the journey is like, you know, A, B, C, but a gentle shepherd, he can't lead sheep straight up a hill. It's just too hard for them. So he takes right. them gently up the hill. And I think that's the encouragement. There you go. I feel like I'm repeating the same thing over and over again. Well, listen, there is repeating the same thing over again, just because you're you know, in disobedience to God, there's definitely that. But I think a lot of the times the people that are worried about that are feel like they're missing something because they keep having these same things repeat. But I believe that it's God pushing you out to become all you can be, and He knows exactly how to get you where you need to go. And yes, it's not as straight of a line as we wish it was, A, B, C, you know, we have a formula, but there's really only revelation from the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. Religion is a formula, but Jesus says, no, 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 now that I'm come, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit He's going to guide you in all truth as you're, as you're ready to handle the truth. He said that right before he left the earth. He said, basically, guys, you can't handle the truth right now. Someone is in the Holy Spirit, and he'll give it to you as you need it. And we get this, the truth, and, and it unfolds throughout our lives as he's showing us more and more of who he is and building us who, into who that's the sanctification process of what he knows we can be. Joel Malm is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is fascinating. It's called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You've got the book broken up into a couple of different parts, if you will. Uh, the first part kind of describing the circles, et cetera. The second, uh, really just giving us a small group guide. I mean, it's kind of two resources wrapped up into one. Talk about the individual work first before we get into the group work, because I'm sure the group work is is fascinating to watch people kind of, you know, iron sharpening iron. But for an individual, for a person who says, I want to get this and I want to just try to work through this on my own or try to work through this with a friend, you know, an accountability partner. How did you envision this book being used? Well, this book actually came out of years of coaching, uh, doing leadership coaching, actually. And what I kept finding is people saying, again, I know there's more in me than this. Sometimes it was a lot of times, I'd say probably 90% of the people I work with 
for guys in their 50s that said, I see retirement is coming. And mm-hmm. I've, I've done well, but I've also heard the stats that after you retire, there's a very high likelihood of you dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I've got something to live for beyond my work. And they say, but I don't know what I want to do. And what I started to find is if, if you look back over your life, Soren Kierkegaard, he said, life is lived forward, but it can only be understood looking backward. As you look back over your life, you, you begin to see these themes that kind of repeat. And when you look at those themes, you begin to see the pattern God has been weaving in history. That's his story in your life. It really is his story that we're living out. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which the Father prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what this book actually came out of working with people and just seeing this pattern as I coached them and really helping them see usually it's that season of life that you'd rather leave out of your resume. We've all got that gap in our resume where we're right. like, well, what, what happened? What happened there? Eh, let's, yeah, let's move along to the next. We don't want to talk about that, but it's typically in that part we'd rather leave out that God was doing a deep, profound work within us. And if we'll go back and visit that, it's prepared us. Wow. That's that's great counsel from Joel Mom today here on The Bottom Line. Of course, he's a counselor in, uh, in pastoral ministry as well. The brand new book, I highly recommend it, can't recommend it enough, is called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Everyone, Wednesday edition of the program. And today here on the broadcast, a uh, conversation with author Joel Mom. Uh, we're talking about his brand new book, called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense, talking about the circular nature and the circular patterns of life. Uh, We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and it is Everyone Wednesday, and Joel has given us four copies of his book to give away. So we're going to open up the phones right now because you listen during the first half hour of the broadcast. You get first dibs, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have four copies of Joel Mom's book called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's amazing how many people look at life and don't realize that you know every pattern that we've got going on in life is more circular in nature than linear you know i I think we often think of that i'm born i go through adolescence you know puberty whatever i get into young adulthood then you get into the senior years of life you've called dennis wilson at wilson financial services and your finances in order and then you get to that final season and that's when you kind of wrap it up you know the american way of life i mean we've seen that happen a lot you you know average life expectancy is 62 you retire at 55 you get social security for seven years and then you're gone i mean that's the world we grew up in and then the baby boomers showed up and all of a sudden they said hey i hope i die before i get old i don't trust anybody over 30 but then when we get older well we're not older we're younger you know and i it's amazing to me where i see this more than anything else is in the world of fashion you know how many times have you been out somewhere and you see a guy who's in his obviously late 60s early 70s and he's dressed like he's in junior high you know there used to be a certain level of decorum uh, i remember one time I was working for a christian radio station and um it was, it was very interesting. We had a team. It was KYMS here in town. And we had a softball team. We would go out and play against churches. And uh, we had a, a marketing guy who had this a brilliant strategy that we would be out in the community every weekend. 
So he said, hey, KYMS is a softball team. If your church wants to play our team, go ahead and give us a call. We wound up booking softball games for six straight months. We had a game every Saturday, every Saturday morning from the middle of March until early September. And after a while, it got to be kind of a pain because you had guys like me. I was on the air. I worked six days a week. And then, um, you know, Saturday morning, I kind of wanted to sleep in and I'm out there on softball. We finally had to cancel the team. At one point, we went to Montebello or something like that. There were five of us who went out to play. Everybody else just couldn't make it. And uh, we had to borrow guys from the other. It was Templo Calvario or something like that. Anyway, but I remember one time being out there on the field, and I'm out there in a T-shirt and shorts, and I had uh, athletic shoes on and my white socks, and the guy who was my boss at the time uh, was out there, and he had T-shirt and shorts, and he was wearing dark socks with his tennis shoes. And I was kind of teasing him. I said, hey, Jim, what's the matter? You couldn't find any white socks. And he says, no, what's the matter with you? And I said, what do you mean, what's the matter with me? And he said, well, he goes, I thought white socks are something you wear when you're a child. I mean, I'm an adult. That's why I wear dark socks. And he was serious. And I thought to myself, wow, different eras of life, different definitions, right? Well, a lot of people, though, one of the things we did get from the baby boom generation saying, hey, I'm going to stay younger longer is uh, not saying that I leave childhood behind. But when Paul says, when I became a man, I put away childish things, but I still maintain a childlike faith. It really lends itself well to the hypothesis that Joel Mom has in his book that, that, that we're discussing today here on The Bottom Line Show, the book called Connecting the Dots. The fact that we move in these circles of life as opposed to this straight line, but the circles are taking us eventually home to heaven. Can't recommend this book enough. Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com. Four copies to give away here on this Everyone Wednesday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, more of my conversation with author Joel Malm in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Wright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. Joelle Malm is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, pastor, counselor, author. The brand new book is called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And Joelle, uh, before the break, we were talking about your background as the founder of Summit Leaders and where you use the outdoor adventure and leadership coaching to help people find their calling and, and pursue that vision for their lives. 
do you ever get somebody who you know shows up at one of your events and says, I don't know why I'm doing this because my wife made me or you know somebody encouraged me or whatever it is, and I don't know what I'm supposed to find here. I mean, we've we've seen city slickers, right? I mean, we 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 know. Wow, John, uh, what's his, I can't think of his name, uh, John Eldridge. You know, let's go climb a mountain, let's do all that stuff. But your events have purpose. Talk talk about specifically what you accomplish with those. Well, I mean, the first the first answer is yes. Uh, many of the people say, my wife signed me up for this. Here I am. But after the experience is over, they say, wow, this was life-changing. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I learned early on in this um, outdoor adventure thing is something my, my friend, Mark Batterson, he, he's mm-hmm. been on several trips with me and he's got these brilliant tweetable quotes. And he said this, he said, change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. And I realized early on, that's what happens on those trips. It's not anything brilliant that I do. It's, it's the, the, the issue of being able to get out and change up the speed of your life, change up your location. And immediately God begins to open your eyes to stuff that was typically right in front of you. Usually our greatest revelations in life were stuff that was right in front of us, but we get a slight perspective shift and go, Oh, Mm -hmm. and that's the power of these trips. It's not anything brilliant. I do. I just take people in the outdoors and make sure they stay alive, but it's, on the other side of it, they come out with a perspective shift. And, and usually it is on the other side of it. People often, I, one of the hikes I do is through Israel, and we, we hike in the steps mm. of Jesus, where we go from Nazareth mm. all the way down to Capernaum and then up Beatitudes. And people go, it must be so amazing when you're on the trip and seeing all this stuff. And I'm like, actually, no. <laughs> it's when you come home and read your Bible and go, oh, it's afterwards, right? And mm. it's the stuff you've all you've read in the Bible your whole life, yep. but now you've got a perspective on it because you've been and walked in those steps. So it's, it's, it's like that with most trips. You, you do the, the trip and the revelation comes later. Hmm. You know, it's interesting as you think about it, and I, I love the thesis of the book in, in terms of how you've got people who find themselves in an uncomfortable season. And so our first natural tendency is, well, let's get rid of the discomfort or it's confusing. And we try to, you know, our, our brains are filling in gaps that our vision doesn't have. So we will just naturally react to try to bring some order to chaos, to bring, you know, uh, uh, the calm to the painful situation. But the idea that what God is doing in our lives is not leading us down the straight path. I always thought, you know, he will make your path straight means you're going to have a straight shot right where you're supposed to go, as opposed to, <laughs> well, no, you're, he's going to give your path purpose as opposed to, you know, it's the trajectory. Talk, up, talk about how that works in this circular world that you're introducing us to. Yeah, well, so I, I think the end game of every season we go through is, are, are we becoming more like Christ? And mm-hmm. he knows what it's going to take to get us to our full potential. So I mean, just I'll break down real quick the nine stages that I think in every season I've seen over and over again, and they follow what we love in every great story. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're hearing this and going, that sounds like every story I love, it's, that's <laughs> why. And I think it resonates so much with us because it's something God put in place. It always happens at turning point, you know? Luke Skywalker's minding his own business, and two droids mm-hmm. show up. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Yeah. Next thing you know, courage is required. The hero, uh, and, and listen, a turning point, you don't have to have droids show up, but a turning point can happen <laughs> as uh, the loss of a loved one. Um, yeah. It can happen as a job change, an unexpected uh, health diagnosis, anything that changes your life. Then courage is required, and courage is just, it's, it's not the absence of fear. It's acting in spite of the fear. There's always a guide who appears, uh, and our guide is the Holy Spirit in every season of life. He's there to guide us in all truth. And uh, then there's this ultimate decision. You make the decision to commit to the path. Um, 
you kind of decide to go all in and you have to go all in at some point. Otherwise you end up like Tarzan swinging through the jungle. And uh, if you, if you hold on to one vine and just to make sure, cause it's tested and then hold on to the other one that hasn't been tested, you're going to end up dangling like a fool in the jungle. Forward movement mm-hmm. means you release what you were holding on to and go all in Jesus. At one point, some guys said, I want to follow you. And, uh, savage Jesus came out of the closet there. He's, you know, not the sweet Hallmark Jesus. He goes, well, he's, the guy says, I want to follow you. And Jesus is like, come on. And he goes, well, let me go bury my father. And Jesus is like, nope, let the dead bury their dead. Anybody who puts their hand to the plow and looks back isn't worthy of the kingdom. And you're like, whoa, mm. what? Harsh. brutal, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, but he said, he basically said, if you want the benefits of this walk, you have to fully commit to it. Then there's a series of challenges you face. And in those challenges, we get stronger, we grow in strength. That's how Paul can say something like, we rejoice in our suffering, for we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We're strengthened as we go through the struggle, and then there's usually a decisive battle, a dark cave, dark night of the soul, you may have heard it called, where you have to em- em- enter the cave is figuratively empty-handed and alone, and oftentimes you're looking to God for answers, but it's, it's the testing time where he says, A.W. Tozer talks about, he says, God will often put you through these tests. Are you willing to take the test to be elevated to the next level in his kingdom? Mm. And the, the test is, are you willing? You know, when you take a test in school, the teacher doesn't just sit there and give you answers. They, they sit right. quietly in the corner. You raise your hand. You're like, teacher, teacher. And they go, no, no, no. You need to show me you've internalized what you've learned up to this point. So one of the things I talk about in the dark cave is oftentimes we'll feel like God is silent or has forgotten about mm-hmm. us. Right. But really, I think that's a sign of his confidence. It's a sign mm-hmm. that he's confident we've internalized what we've learned up to this point. Obviously, there's, there's a silence of God when we're in blatant sin. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time, his silence, I believe, is a sign he's confident that you've got this. And mm-hmm. you get to prove to him that you're achieving a maturity level that doesn't require turn-by-turn instructions. You've internalized what he's been building in you, and you can move forward confidently with that. And if you're not hearing from him, you stick with the last thing he told you. So we face this dark cave. We emerge from the cave transformed. Typically, maybe you've been wrestling with God through the cave, and you end up with a bit of a limp, uh, like Jacob. Ask him about <laughs> yeah. that. And you, you're wounded, but you've got this new message. You return home with an, armed with a new perspective on life. And through that, you, you gain a mission and a message. I believe every one of us has been given a problem to solve Amen. and a message to share. And mm-hmm. that comes directly from each one of those seasons. We've watched God's faithfulness in our lives, and then our job becomes to tell the world the story of his redemptive work in our life. They overcame, it says in Revelation, by the blood of the Lamb, that's his redemptive work, mm-hmm. and by the word, word of, our of, testimony. Their te- of their testimony. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Revelation, and it's right out of Scripture. It's right out of the most important part of Scripture, at least of the times we're living in right now. And Joel, Mom, you're you're, you're framing this for us in such a, a powerful way. If anyone's gone through one of those dark night of the souls or one of those, you know, why isn't God speaking? As you were talking about what you write about in your book, Connecting the Dots, what God is doing when life doesn't make sense, I think about an interview I read recently with Andrew Brunson, the American pastor who was uh, imprisoned for many years uh, for his faith, and talking about how he forced himself to worship because he said there was about a two-year period where I prayed daily and it didn't seem like God was answering. And I thought, wow, that must really stink to be stuck in that, you know, years between Old and New Testament type of writing where you're not hearing anything from God. And he said, I just made myself worship him every day. And Mm. he said, I look ridiculous dancing in my cell. 
singing, you know, that type of thing. But I did that as an act of obedience. And he said, I began to feel his presence. It wasn't that it ever left me. I just didn't feel it. And I thought, wow, what a, I mean, as you're describing the dark cave that we all go through, you know, the resolution, the resolve that we come out with a new perspective. Um, this is so very, very helpful. Joel Malm is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Connecting the Dots is the name of the book, What God, what God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Joel, we've got about 60 seconds left in our conversation. There's someone who's hearing this and saying, oh my gosh, I see little bits and pieces of me in all of those nine stages. Um, I, either I've been there or I am there, or I want to be it's stage nine as opposed to stage one. What word of encouragement do you have to someone who is finally getting hit and over the head that these circular conversations and paths that we take aren't necessarily evil, but necessarily of the Lord leading us in the path we need to go? Yeah, well, I'll steal the words of Paul. We don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting yeah. away. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, which is beyond all comparison. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God has an eternal, he's working on something eternal here, and he's accomplishing his work in you right now, even if you can't see him. So stay, stay in faith and hold on. Uh, God's got a plan here. I wouldn't call that thievery. I think the modern term is repurposing, but uh, it's very, very appropriate. <laughs> it's very, very appropriate either way. Joel Malm, the author of the book, Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Joel, where do we find you on social media these days? Yeah, I'm on uh, joelmalm.com. Another thing I, I would highly recommend, I've, I've written some version Bible app devotionals around the book, one called Connecting the Dots, and then another one called The Dark Cave. Both of those are doing quite well. They're a great way to kind of dip your toe into the concept. They're free on the YouVersion Bible app, so you can check those out. Or joelmom.com is, is the other way. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll start with Joel Mom and let that kind of a spill over from there. Uh, Joel, great to get to meet you. God's richest blessings to you and your family. Thanks for the book, and thanks for the visit today here on The Bottom Line Show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. What a great conversation. What a fascinating topic. Joel Malm has been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. You've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And it's Everyone Wednesday here on The Bottom Line Show. We have four copies of Joel's book to give away. So everybody who calls in for this is going to get it, I fear, I, I feel, uh, at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And if you call in and we've already exhausted our resources with Joel Mom's book, uh, never fear. Everyone's going to win something. We've got Dennis Wilson screeners for uh, the baby boomer dilemma, which we were discussing earlier. Uh, we give those away at 800-227-5278. Also talk to Crystal, talk to Teresa and see what else we have in the prize cabinet it is so vast and so varied i don't even know what we've got in there to be honest with you but i know there's something for you here on this everyone wednesday 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line we'll take a quick break and when we come back i'm going to talk about uh, a kind of a political maneuver that happened here in the city of Anaheim and why we are getting into a pretty heavy season right now where social media, artificial intelligence and the like are going to prove to us uh, yet again, or maybe even once and for all, how little they actually have to do with reality and how few people are actually going to care 
about that new reality. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to author Joelle Malm for joining me today here on the bottom line. That's J-O and then an umlaut over the E. L uh, M A L M. Uh, we've got his book connecting the dots up at the bottom line show.com today's everyone Wednesday. And so we've got four copies of Joel's book to give away. And if you're going through a season right now where you're saying, why do I keep having what seems like the, you know, the Yogi Berra deja vu all over again, uh, moment in your faith. Uh, remember that Joel's hypothesis makes a lot of sense in terms of the things that happen, a tragedy, either you make a mistake, somebody else makes a mistake, it impacts your world. And then how does God use that to grow you in faith, grow you deeper in faith? Does it seem like you're having a lot of the same problems spiritually or otherwise over and over again? And what can you do? Well, what can you do to solve the problems? Maybe understand that that narrow path you're walking on isn't always a straight line, but sometimes it's a big arc circle that kind of leads you around. And if you sit there and say, gosh, I'm 62 and I'm having some of the same moments I had when I was 12, but I'm better prepared to deal with them. Think about the nature of your sin. Think about the fact that when you came to faith, you were much younger. You were much more naive as to how bad your sin was. I know I was. And how great God's love is to forgive you. But as you get older and you repent less because you hopefully are sinning less. I mean, you keep repenting as as long as you sin. But the idea then is, well, what about the idea that we grow more aware of how grievous our sin is and how great God's love is for us. That's another circle, another arc on that journey of life. So you're kind of moving in a big circle that's moving forward. It's not just uh, you're born on this day, you live here, and then you die on that day, and your life is that dash. Maybe it is more circular. Joel covers that in so well in his book called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. Four copies to give away here on this Everyone Wednesday, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. A little political stunting going on in, um, in Anaheim and talk about life not making sense. One thing that we've seen in recent years, and it was exacerbated a lot during the pandemic, was the number of young people who are having problems, uh, mental challenges, emotional difficulties, things of that nature. Mental health services are on the minds of just about everyone. It seems to be at the root of homelessness and drug addiction and et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, there was an event that happened last week in Anaheim that it's worth highlighting. And that's because of the fact that it outlines how the government will often try to handle a situation like this. Uh, Congressman Lou Correa, who's a representative from California's 46th district in Anaheim, uh, did the honors. He announced the uh, uh, federal funding of a million-dollar gift to the Anaheim Community Foundation and did so using one of those big checks, right? If you're a fan of the office, remember the big check? Um, There's a picture that we're putting up at thebottomlineshow.com. The idea is that by making this donation to the downtown Anaheim Youth Center, that this would provide community access to better the Anaheim Community Foundation would then be able to use that money for improving mental health programs for kids. Um, the ACT agency, uh, that's a, the Co- Anaheim <laughs> ACT Collaborative Accelerate Change Together, uh, is going to be funding this. Uh, uh, the Anaheim Community Foundation, as I mentioned, the YMCA, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, these programs are designed to help lower the risk of teen suicide and, and, and help people 
you know, doing whatever they, uh, you know, think is necessary. Now, you and I both know that a million dollar grant these days really doesn't go all that far. I mean, it's going to get swallowed up in a lot of administrative costs. It's going to be, uh, you know, something that it's a nice political gesture. And especially for a guy who's getting ready to launch his uh, campaign for re-election for 2024, uh, Luke Correa benefited from a nice photo opportunity. But can we just throw government money at a program that's designed to help us uh, or designed to help young people uh, go down the straight and narrow? I think what we, one of the things that we've seen of late is that a government devoid of biblical values is going to do whatever is politically expedient for said government. And, you know, it's it's so interesting to see how what we learned during the pandemic. I, was, I mentioned this earlier. I was watching a pastor uh, over the weekend talk about the pandemic and saying one of the greatest things that happened during the pandemic was we saw this rise in awareness for transgender ideologies and gender fluidity. And I thought, wait, wait, how is that? I mean, it's great in the sense that you are aware of the fact that people are kind of moving in that direction, but what's happening? I mean, there's a, there's a a family right now that's wrestling with our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom or are handling this case. There's a, um, a couple that we're trying to adopt a child um, who was a foster care child. And um, they wanted to adopt the child uh, into their home permanently. And Oregon state officials would not let them do so because the family said that they would not. If And, and this is a hypothetical situation. They said, what happens if this child turns out to be transgender? Now, I have it on good authority, having worked with some organizations that we've worked with here at the Bottom Line Show in the past, that because of sexual trauma that a lot of kids experience in abusive homes where they're taken out of the home and then placed into foster care, there are a lot of kids in the foster care system who are really questioning things like gender identity and you know uh, sexual orientation and things like that because of a traumatic experience or two or repeated abuse. That's why they're out of the home. And it's insidious that California legislatures have passed measures saying if a child is in foster care and they trend, and they want to transition gender-wise, you can't do conversion therapy without taking into consideration. I mean, it, it, if a child had been, I, I, I'm trying to think of an equivalence here. I, I want to say this with all love and respect and, and sensitivity, gentleness and respect, First Peter 3.15. If your kid had suffered a physical injury, because of the mal- mistreatment of somebody else. And they basically say, you know, maybe a hand was disformed or disfigured, something like that. And the child says, I would rather live without that hand than have to live with this injury. But the doctor that you take the child to says, oh, we can do surgery and we can repair. We can restore and make that hand good as new. It's as if the state of California is saying, well, no, wait, if the child wants to have the hand removed, you've got to take the hand off. And, and that doesn't make any sense. No loving parent in their right mind would ever amputate a child's limb simply because it experienced trauma. And yet that's kind of what a lot of the LGBTQ laws are, are you know, they're, they're gender-affirming care. And, and so when you see this million-dollar gift to the Anaheim Community Foundation to help with mental health issues, you have to ask the question, well, what mental health issues are they going to be dealing with? Is gender dysphoria on the list of mental health issues or are they going to use this money for gender affirming care, as it's called, which is permanent mutilation of body? I mean, the, the, the list goes on of different things that are of great confusion and great concern. Um, 
one of the things we address on this week's National Crawford Roundtable podcast is artificial intelligence and how much of this type of rhetoric from both sides is going to become the norm and generated by these AI bots and, and to the point where not only will they come up with written content, but they'll actually come up with voice activated, video activated to where you will not be able to tell the difference between real people. I'm a real person, by the way. And um, the the <laughs> real people and what is generated by the computer, which is total image of the beast worship type of thing that we're getting toward the end of the world. On the other side of this break, I want to take a look at the difference between the, the reality and and the, the, the fantasy, as it were, as it pertains to a legal case that was decided yesterday in a New York court that could have an impact on presidential uh, elections and nominations and things of that nature. This is a case that's really going to take root in the psyche of, of Christians, and we're going to have to make some decisions about who do you support, which candidate do you support, based on what you really know about what happened versus what you think you know, happened. Let's take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Few moments left in taking your calls at 800-227-5278. Joel Malm's book, Why the Narrow Path of Faith May Actually Be a Circle Rather Than a Straight Line, is the theme. The book is called Connecting the Dots, uh, Figuring Out What God is Doing when, he doesn't make, when Life Doesn't Make Sense. The book is linked at thebottomlineshow.com. We have four copies of the book that we're giving away at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, I, I mentioned before the break that we, you know, one of the ways that we're seeing how uh, life doesn't seem to make sense um, is one of those cases of, well, I think we know and I think we, you know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Uh, Rich Lowry wrote about this in National Review today, and uh, it involves the sexual assault charges that have been levied against former President Donald Trump in a Manhattan courtroom. And if you haven't heard the story, basically the jury in the case, six men and three women, did not rule, they ruled against the charges of rape. But they found the former president liable for sexual assault and also defamation of character. Now, the left, of course, says, see, we got him, we got him. 
you know, guilty, guilty. You can't run for president anymore. People who support President Trump say, wait a minute, what, what is this liable for sexual assault? He didn't rape her. He couldn't possibly rape her. I mean, uh, there's no way. I mean, people would have known, and this was 30 years ago, and, and uh, this is nuts. We're going to unpack on the other side of this break. We're going to unpack the, the, the bits and pieces of the case and take a look at what's really going on here and then ask the question, if this were not being reported by real people, if this case were all bits and pieces, uh, facts and uh, factoids that were all compiled. I'm going to read you, not from the case itself, but I'm going to read you something from this new website. Well, it's not new to some people. It was new to me called Chat, Chat GPT. And give you a chance to kind of take into, you know, into account what a computer can do what artificial intelligence can be generated with human manipulation, and then at some point, does the Donald Trump sexual assault case provide an opportunity for us to look and see how dangerous AI can actually become? I think it does. First, we have to get to the nuts and bolts of the case, which we'll do on the other side of this break. You know, why the jury... Uh, unanimously rejected the rape charges but found him liable for sexual assault. And what does that mean? It also underscores for us as Christians something that we need to take into consideration very carefully, and that is for those of us who like to go on social media, somebody else writes something and you just forward it along and pass it along like it's gospel truth because you like what it says without realizing that that may have been manufactured by somebody else and it may not actually be true. How important it is when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, and that we worship God in spirit and in truth. We'll get to the truth of what happened in the Donald Trump case, but also to see how AI could potentially take it and manufacture a whole different narrative that could lead us further away in our faith. I will put all that up at thebottomlineshow.com. KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon with Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. But for those who remain on the network, Donald Trump, a guilty verdict, and AI. What does it all mean for you and me? We're going to take a look at that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show, or I should say welcome to those who are just joining us to this edition of the bottom line show i'm roger marsh um 800-227-5278 we're still taking your calls on this everyone wednesday joel malm was my guest in hour number one he's written a book called connecting the dots what god is doing when life doesn't make sense and there's a link for that up at the bottom show.com we have four copies of the book we're giving away 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line oh by the way before we go any further uh we were talking on the national crawford roundtable podcast earlier this morning uh bob duco uh, john rush neil Bourne, and i recorded that and we were talking about artificial intelligence and bob mentioned the fact that when it comes to ai you can generate you know, just punch in a few coordinates, a little bit of data, and it can generate a speech for you. I think Joe Rogan did a Spotify podcast one day where he literally punched in what he wanted his show to be. And it not only did it do the show, it mimicked him doing the show, which is kind of a trip. But we were talking, we had a pretty spirited conversation in the second half hour of the podcast about uh, technological advances. And we were discussing preborn. 
and how many lives have been saved because of the 4D technology with ultrasounds that now shows what goes into what what's in the womb. I mean, there are a lot of people, believe it or not, who do not honestly believe that the conceived child, the preborn child, is a human being. They literally will wait till they're holding a baby in their arms and then saying, this is exactly what I was hoping for. But up to that, I mean, I this is probably 20 years ago. I was doing some work for the Fox Network and um, we were doing a recording session at the 20th Century lot, Beverly Hills. And um, the engineer for the session was a guy who was a cousin of a very famous studio guitar player. I loved working with this guy because I loved his cousin's music. And we were having a conversation, just a very, it wasn't hostile. We were talking about, um, abortion and this that and the other thing and he made the comment he goes well I don't know why people get so upset if a woman has an abortion in the first trimester I mean isn't the DNA of a baby the same as that of a chicken or you know he mentioned a couple of other animals and I looked at him his name was Steve and I said well Steve that may be similar maybe true but has a woman ever given birth to a chicken and he looked at me and he kind of chuckled and went well no and, but I could tell this is a guy in his 60s educated successful, making a good living, working in the television industry, and it had never occurred to him that his argument for abortion was because the DNA of human beings is similar to that of other animals, so they say, 95% match for humans and chimpanzees or whatever it was. And it never occurred to him that a woman had never ever given birth to anything other than a human baby. Um, thank you to Kay, who is one of our bottom line listeners in Hemet. Kay, I really appreciate your uh, calling in yesterday and making a donation of $50 every month to Preborn. Every interval of $28 provides one more ultrasound um, appointment. So $50 essentially means two ultrasound appointments. Statistically, that means that two more children will be saved every month because of Kay's tax-deductible donation to Preborn. I encourage you to go online, kbrightradio.com, click the Preborn banner, and make your best tax-deductible donation, especially with this week being Mother's Day. Um, if you are a mom and you are grateful for the children and grandchildren God has blessed you with, I encourage you to make a one-time donation, if you would, um, in honor of those kids. Maybe if you've got, like in our family, Lisa and I have six kids collectively in our blended family and four grandchildren, so every time we make a donation, um, we used to donate $280. Now we're doing $56 a month, but the uh, that's that's how we figured it. Now, there are, are those who listen to the Bottom Line show who I understand um, maybe the motherhood issue uh, was something that was not for you. Uh, I know a very dedicated Bottom Line listener who's had a couple of miscarriages was not called to be a mother in this life. Uh, how about a memorial gift, you know, in honor of those those children that you weren't able to hold? Or, you know, if your family is a hybrid that way. I encourage you, though, to, to consider making a donation to Preborn. Um, this is an outstanding organization. They put ultrasound technology into preborn clinics of the gifts that are given in, if you're listening in Colorado right now and you want to give a gift for a preborn in Colorado, you can. California, what, what, is, what was raised here stays here, as Scott Wilder likes to say. And it doesn't go to administrative costs. They have separate fundraising for that. Every dollar that is raised here on the bottom line show for preborn goes to uh, ultrasound technology. And this is as important for women as for men. The tens of thousands of babies that were saved last year through preborn, all the different ultrasounds that were performed, bottom line show listeners donated enough money to save thousands of babies and to provide six ultrasound machines at $15,000 per machine 
to Preborn. I know there's a bottom line show listener who wants to give a gift to help toward that end. A $15,000 donation or a $7,500 donation, a $3,750 donation uh, to provide an ultrasound machine or get us closer to that. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go online to kbrightradio.com. Go to rogermarsh.com. We've got the preborn links there and you can make your donation that way as well. Okay, we were talking about artificial intelligence and, uh, you know, the, the thing about the new technological advances for every uh, new technological advance that makes it possible to uh, see 4D images of a child in the womb. We also have technological advances that can write out copy with regard to what's happening in real life. The case of Donald Trump and the Manhattan jury's uh, verdict yesterday uh, which was rather quick, by the way. Uh, National Review Online did a uh, summary of it, which I'll uh, put up at thebottomlineshow.com. Basically what happened, a woman by the name of E. Jean Carroll, who was an editor, an advice columnist for L Magazine, E-L-L-E, had accused Donald Trump of raping her 27 years ago. Um, basically, they were at Bergdorf Goodman, a luxury department store in Midtown Manhattan. She said that she was in a changing room and that he, uh, in the lingerie section of the department store, and that he forced his way into the changing room and raped her. Now, the court found that that, there was not enough evidence to convict on that. There's no way that there was the uh, preponderance of evidence. And again, we had criminal charges. There were no criminal charges. This is now civil charges. And even the civil charges against Donald Trump of rape didn't stand up. The jury did find, though, that Donald Trump sexually abused her and forcibly touched her. Now, why is that? different. There are a lot of people on social media today saying Donald Trump's a sexual predator and other people on social media today are saying he didn't do it. She just accused him of rape 27 years ago and he's not a rapist. Well, I'm not an attorney. I'll be the first to admit I'm not an attorney, though I did contemplate. I actually went to Western Law School at one point and contemplated uh, pursuing a career in law before radio really took off for me. Um, But nonetheless, I opted against it. But there are different definitions of different laws and different states have different definitions. If you go to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, for example, I believe they have four different categorizations of murder. There's first degree, second degree, third degree, and fourth degree, whereas most states will have first and second degree. Um, Then there's the difference between assault and assault and battery. Typically, when we hear assault, what we think of is, oh, that means somebody got hit. Somebody got run over. Somebody was sexually assaulted. But that's the battery part. You can assault somebody just by yelling at them. I mean, years ago when my kids were younger, I was a referee for their soccer games uh, for the American Youth Soccer Organization, AYSO, which also stood for all your soccer obligation and all your Saturdays are occupied. But nonetheless, uh, I remember going through the referee training course Um, the kid's mother signed me up for it because she said, you don't understand soccer. We need referees. This is a way for us to kill two birds with one stone. You can learn the rules of the game and you can actually be a ref. And I really enjoyed it. 
But it was interesting how the difference between a direct foul and an indirect foul and the, the, the intent is everything. It's if you strike or attempt to strike, if you kick or attempt to kick, you know, I mean, those are the things where you can be penalized. And in the case of assault, well, what constitutes assault? The rape case was the, the main allegation in the case. The fact that it was not established to the jury's satisfaction, well, I mean, that's something that if you were a Donald Trump supporter, you're going to say, well, there goes your uh, credibility, Ms. Carroll. And basically, uh, the, the, now they're saying, well, here's what will happen. When it comes to the appeal, no problem, because she didn't have any credible leg to stand on here. But it's not quite so simple. It, actually, the truth is a lot more complicated because of how much time elapsed between when the alleged assault happened, that was 1996, when she went public about it, 2019, and that means there's no way to have any sort of corroboration forensically. But why did the case actually get as far as it did, and now why is the former president looking at $5 million in charges for legal fees and things of that nature? This is where the AI part takes over. We'll take a look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, an analysis, balance, and clarity segment here on this Everyone Wednesday. We're taking a look at the case of Donald Trump versus E. Jean Carroll, the former advice columnist for Elle magazine who claims that in 1996 uh, Mr. Trump then not President Trump followed her into the lingerie section changing room at a luxury department store in Midtown Manhattan and forcibly raped her. Now the jury in Manhattan found that he did not forcibly rape her per se but they did find that he sexually abused her and that he did forcibly touch her. How did they come to that conclusion? That it was sexual abuse, though not rape. Well, here's the story. Um, judge Lewis Kaplan was the judge in the case. He allowed uh, Ms. Carroll to call two other women, a woman called Jessica Leeds and another one called Natasha Stoyanova, who uh, claimed that Donald Trump sexually assaulted them and inappropriately touched each of them. Um, in Jessica Leeds' case, it was 1979. But in Natasha Stoyanov's case, it was 2005. They shared their testimony of what he said to the women. 
and what he did in terms of touching them. Now, again, we're talking about, you know, one definition of rape as opposed to grabbing a woman in a place that's not appropriate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, Donald Trump's, you remember the Access Hollywood tape showed up during the 2016 campaign? That tape was actually used as admissible evidence of his past behavior. He bragged about being sexually aggressive with women. You remember the, the grab them by the pee thing, and it's easy, and hey, Billy Burke, I can, yeah, look at me, you know, or Billy Bush. Um, it's interesting because the testimony from both women, there's no, uh, really nothing in there that says he raped anybody. There's really, I mean, as vulgar as those other comments were, he didn't confess to a crime there either. However, they did set the pattern for him assaulting women, making lewd comments, making them feel uncomfortable, grabbing parts of their bodies that, that, that may not have constituted rape, but still constitute sexual assault. And again, you have to take New York law into consideration. There's no physical evidence that corroborates E. Jean Carroll's account, but what actually played in her favor was the testimony from the two other victims and Donald Trump's words. And you're saying, no, wait, why could they use those words against him in that way? Well, here's the short answer. The short answer is Donald Trump would not testify in his own defense. So without testifying in his own defense, they just played the tape and said, this is the kind of guy he is, and he wasn't there to defend himself. And the jury agreed. I mean, when you get right down to it, the person who is probably the most responsible for Donald Trump being convicted of libel and sexual assault is Donald Trump because he didn't show up. He spent, there was a two-week trial. He went to Scotland. He went to Ireland. He played golf. Now, he did take to social media and talk about what a disgrace it was. Um, but he also was trying to cover up for the fact that if he had gone, he would have to testify under oath. I'm sure the questions would be hostile and uncomfortable and that type of stuff. Um, you know, now it wasn't a criminal case. It was a civil trial. So therefore he didn't have to show up. But if he doesn't show up, then a negative inference may be drawn. And that's what happened. So the jury uh, not only found for Ms. Carroll, they also found uh, that uh, he would have to pay $5 million in damages for battery and defamation. Now, the former president is going to appeal, of course. But he still has a whole slew of other charges to deal with. Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA thing, the uh, so-called uh, federal indictment case that was supposed to happen next year and maybe happening in January. There's a civil fraud trial involving his financial records uh, in New York. That's going to show up in October. Um, of course, there's the criminal charges that the Justice Department might bring up with regard to the state prosecution in Fulton County, Georgia, and Donald Trump wants to run for president. Actually, he's declared candidate running for president. People are going to have to make the decision. Do you want to vote for this guy or not? Now, here's where the artificial intelligence part comes in. The people who support the president are going to create their own AI that will get the message spread that Donald Trump's a good guy. He got framed by a money-hungry publicity-seeking clout chaser, and therefore she should be ignored and, you know, no big deal. 
The left, of course, is having a field day with, you know, clutching pearls and this is so horrible and he's a scandalous, horrible, awful guy. And therefore, I mean, David French of the New York Times is right there with, uh, you know, this is uh, virtue this and morals that. Doesn't pay any attention to the current guy who's occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue because Donald Trump's the real problem. But I, I, we're going to take a break, and on the other side of this break, I want to show you how insidious the AI part of this is and why it's so important for us as believers to get our information straight from a source that is reliable and credible and telling you the truth. And a real person, by the way. I am sitting here in front of a microphone here in the Bottom Line Show studios sharing this with you right now. I assure you I'm not an AI chatbot. But what if I were to give you the following presentation about an issue that's near and dear to my heart, and that's the sanctity of human life. We'll break a little early so I could read this for you on the other side of this break as the bottom line continued. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're going <laughs> to... This is going to be a little fun. Uh, we're talking about AI tomorrow on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Actually, it's up. If you subscribe to it, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or, or just follow us wherever you you know get your podcasts and download this episode and share it with your friends. You will really uh, enjoy it. It's a very spirited conversation about faith and life and whatever. I want to read something to you here as we wrap up. Bob mentions in the podcast that he is the keynote speaker at a pro-life uh, fundraising banquet, I think, tomorrow night. And uh, so John Rush, during the during the actual podcast, pulled up chat GPT, and here, or GPT, and here's what he came up with. Okay. Dear fellow citizens, today I want to talk about one of the most fundamental and essential human rights, the right to life. The right to life is one of the most fundamental rights that every human being is entitled to. It's a universal right that should be upheld and protected by all governments, organizations, and individuals around the world. The right to life is enshrined in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which states that everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of the person. This means that every human being, regardless of their age, gender, race, or religion, or nationality, has the right to live and be protected from harm. Unfortunately, there are still many places around the world where this right is not respected. Every day we hear about conflicts, wars, and acts of violence that result in the loss of innocent lives. We also hear about the plight of refugees and migrants who risk their lives to escape poverty, oppression, and persecution. 
We cannot allow this to continue. It is our duty as responsible citizens to stand up for the right to life and demand that our governments and institutions do everything in their power to protect it. We must work together to ensure that every person has access to the basic necessities of life, including food, shelter, and health care. We must also address the root causes of violence, conflict, and oppression and promote a culture of peace, tolerance, and respect for human rights. We must ensure that our laws and policies are in line with the principles of justice and fairness and that they protect the most vulnerable members of our society. In conclusion, the right to life is a fundamental human right that must be protected and upheld by all. We cannot turn a blind eye to the suffering of our fellow human beings, and we must do everything in our power to promote a world where every person can live in peace, safety, and dignity. Let us work together toward this noble goal, and let us never forget the value and sanctity of human life. Thank you. Now, that's a very encouraging and inspiring speech. And that speech was written entirely by a computer, by the chat GBT or GPT app, courtesy of my colleague John Rush, during this morning's recording of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. That speech was generated in less than two minutes. And there will come a point where artificial intelligence will become such the norm that not only will that speech be generated in two minutes, but it will be delivered. Neil could do it, Neil Boron, WDCX in Buffalo, Bob Duco, uh, WMUC in Detroit, John Rush, Rush to Reason, my sister uh, station KLZ in Denver, and of course here. Any of us could have spoken that in our voices generated by artificial intelligence. Uh, we're living in a time right now, brothers and sisters, where we can argue the minutiae of is Donald Trump a rapist? Is he not a rapist? Does he need to be the president? Does he not need to be the president? But there's a larger issue here at stake. There's a larger, think about, we got Mother's Day coming up on Sunday, right? You know, as the, a lot of people will talk about how the government is trying to replace parents. They've been doing so for the past 60, 70 years. When you go to kbrightradio.com, by the way, make sure you sign up for our Mother's Day giveaway. Still got a couple days left to enter into that. Nominate your mom or the woman who was a mother in your life. Nominate yourself if you love being a mother. We've got a couple of great grand prizes, huge, beautiful bouquet of flowers for second prize and the first prize is a spa package. I mean, what mom doesn't want a spa day for Mother's Day, right? But think about what AI is proposing. This is like that was a Robin Williams movie from about 20 years ago where the the butler, you know, is, is this robot that kind of takes on human form and human tendencies. It's amazing to me how many people, and you got to listen to the end of the NCR podcast because Neil Boron busts out some verses in Revelation talking about the image of the beast and how people will worship an image that just sounds like AI. How the technology that is being used in today's society is being, we saw it in the 2016 election, we saw it in the 2020 election. Robots were generating messages that were swaying people's votes and displayed on social media. Well, now it's not just going to be robots creating messages, it's going to be robots giving speeches, sounding like the people you think are your you know, heroes of the faith or of the media. There, someone's going to create a Tucker Carlson AI that starts spewing hate-filled rhetoric that is going to confuse a lot of people. I mean, it's only a matter of time. The question is, and this is a point that I made on NCR that I'll conclude with here today on the broadcast, and that is, when it comes to technology, do we use it? Do we embrace it? 
you know, we, we Neil and I joked about what if you're a pastor and you had one of those weeks and you're super busy and you know what your text is and the AI robot can go ahead and generate a sermon better than you could. Are you really letting your congregation down? And, you know, the reality is it's not a, the point that I made was the technology is not moral. It's not inherently good. It's not inherently bad. It's not immoral. It's amoral. There is no morality any more than your money has no morality. The dollars that you have in your account, the bills, if you still carry cash in your purse or in your wallet, there's nothing moral about them. It's all in how they're used. And when you get right down to it, I mean, take a look at Luke chapter 12, verse 21. That's the parable where Jesus talks about the guy who was fruitful in his business and the soil was yielding a great crop. I believe the New King James renders it, starting in verse 16 of chapter 12 of Luke. And so what does he say? Wow, my crop right now, my barns are full to overflowing. So what am I going to do? I'm going to tear down those barns and build bigger ones. And I'm going to have this crop and I'm going to have all this money and I'm going to have this great retirement, hopefully called Dennis Wilson to make sure that retirement really is good. And what does Jesus say? He says, you fool, tonight everything you have here will be taken from you. In other words, your life will end. And then in verse 21, what does Jesus say? He says, it's all about motivation. It's all about motivation. Are you going to glorify yourself? Are you doing this because you want to? Or are you doing it for the glory of God? And that's a question, brothers and sisters, we have to ask and answer each and every day. Am I working this job and buying these things for my glory or God's glory? Am I, am I living in this place for my glory or God's glory? Am I using this technology? <coughs> am I using this technology for my glory or for God's glory? Let us live as unto the Lord. If we live, we live unto him. If we die, we die unto him. But let us do everything for the glory of God. That's the good news, and that's the bottom line.